You're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 77, Verses and Stereo, a Hamilton special. Enjoy! I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie and, and Jessica's, Jessica's Day, Day of, of Fun. Fun. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Rosie. We're now wearing matching spectacles. Awkward. I don't really need to be wearing mine for this, to be honest, but, you know. I took my glasses off for 20 minutes and was livid the other day. I was like, why have I done this? Why am I blind? What's happening? I'm actually going to take mine off. That's actually better. Have you got reverse glasses? Yes, I have. That make things harder to see. Yeah, they're like braces. You just wear them for a little bit and they make your eyes better. I was offered that when I got my glasses. The optician said, well, you could have glasses or you could have this thing where you wear contact lenses while you sleep and they push your eyeballs into the right shape. No, thank you. Yeah, and as somebody who's never even worn contact lenses, I thought, that is not for me. Do you have astigmatism? I think I might have astigmata. Yep. When you yep. Put the hands. I don't know what I have. I apparently just have wrongly shaped nighttime eyeballs, <laughs> which is my punk band's new album. Wrongly shaped by the nighttime eyeballs. Oh, that's good. That's better. Yeah. I wore my cape to a party this weekend. Very good. I can really recommend it. How did it go? Ah, oh, 100% approval ratings. Excellent. I'm like pre-inauguration Obama in that. Hooray! Happy birthday, Tara, by the way. Yeah, it's my best friend's birthday party. And I bought this cape in the Christmas sales. But you really have to time when you wear a cape. Yes. And I matched my eyeshadow to my cape. So it was really great. Strong. That was great fun. Wore a cape. Finally gave her her birthday present, which I can now talk about in Needle and Fed. Hooray! And made a new friend. And uh, we sat in the corner and sang Hamilton together, and we did Farmer Refuted, and I did Farmer, and she did the rapping, the Hamilton over the top. Awesome. It was incredible. When you said, I made a new friend, and you were talking about Needle and Fed, I thought you made a new friend. I've seen the new friend that you made. You actually meant you, you befriended somebody. Yeah, I mean, I have made two new woolen friends since last we recorded. Right. Mm, it's now getting to the point where my room has quite a lot of knitted toys in. How many have I made? Uh, so in the last year, I've made five knitted toys, friends. Um, that's quite a lot of knitted companions, yeah. soft companions. And I've got plans for more, and I'm doing another mystery knit along. Cool. I also went to a book launch this week, because I'm really cool. That's really exciting. What book was it? Uh, it's a book called Chasing Danger. It's by Sarah Grant, who was my tutor, and she has just written a middle grade adventure. And it's the first in a series. It's about girls solving mysteries. Um, and I have it sitting to the top of my to-read pile, and it's signed, and she says, I've written something I've never written in a book before, because it says, To Rosie, I love Castle, because I used to take quite a lot of class <laughs> in talking about Castle each week, because I found out she liked Castle. Yeah. So, uh, I checked it, not in the not in the acknowledgements, never mind. He's a, he's a successful writer. He's so. a successful writer, yeah, so it's a sign, and he solves mysteries, like... Like in the book. Jason McKenzie do. So I'm very excited to be reading that. And uh, I, I mean, I can already recommend it to you because she did a reading and it was really good. And okay. knowing Sarah, it's going to be terrific. Awesome. I'm excited. If you're excited. looking for a middle grade 14 year old girl solving crime book, yes, I have one right here for you. But not that I copy because it's signed. I'm on board with this. Cool. I'll lend it to you. Thank you. So I, I've been to two kind of parties. Well this done. Week. And the book launch had a free bar. That's the best kind. I went to one of those last week. And free pub food. Oh my god, that's even better. That trumps everything. I know. And I was sitting at a table with some of my friends from class. And they said, there's a piss food. Is that free? And one of them just came back with like a platter. 
but it was clearly just designed for two people because it had two mini burgers and two mini fish and chips. And then the pub specialised in pies, so it just had a whole meat pie just chopped in half and we had no cutlery. I don't know if you've watched six people try and eat a proper pub pie. The pastry bit, that was fine. But then in the end, there was just some sort of stew on the plate because all the pastry had gone. I don't think we finished it in the end. That's tricky. I tried scooping it up on some chips. That kind of worked. <laughs> like when I had to use that bag of crisps as a spoon. Yeah. I mean, not like the whole bag. I mean, I, I took crisps out to use as individual edible spoons. What were you eating off the spoon? To eat that salad when we were sitting in the Grand Place in uh, Belgium. Yes, I do remember that happening. I didn't get a fork, so I was eating couscous salad with crisps. Um, I once witnessed four people eating a fruit pie out of the tin, sitting on the floor in the middle of the common area. All right, witnessed I was one of them. Did you just break bits off or did you quarter it? Well, to be fair, I misled this. It was actually more successful than your endeavour because we did all have plastic forks. Oh. But it was four of us just sitting around around a tin on the floor just eating bits of pie. Now I really want a supermarket bakery fruit pie. Yeah, I nearly bought one the other day and I don't know why I didn't. I think I'm going to have to go to Greg's. I love cherry pie. Oh, that's exactly what I was going for. Sweet a red a red filled pie. Yeah, and if you um, heat it up and then a little bit of vanilla ice cream but on the side. Mm. I went to Pizza Express this weekend and had chocolate fudge cake and mascarpone, which is my new favourite thing. I've moved on from... Just having some memories. Yeah, I I feel that actually the saddest thing about your veganism, of which there are very few sad things. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think... It's almost all positives. The the positive things also outweigh the sad things. Yeah, but because I I always associate chocolate fudge cake with you. (laughs) Because you really (laughs) like Pizza Express chocolate fudge cake. And I I have it, I'm like, I'm doing this for you, Jessica. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. But yes, it makes me think of you and Sarah. In the 90s. Uh, my very good friend Sarah from primary school. And well, I mean from life in general, but it is, this all took place mostly during primary school. Yeah. We would all go to uh, Pizza Express, as it like families en masse, and we would always have chocolate fudge cake. No matter how much pizza we hadn't been able to finish, the three of us would always have chocolate fudge cake. Everyone knows you have a dessert stomach. That was salty, I need sweet. Uh, what I enjoyed at Tara's party is, with everything I go to, is that I've known her the longest so yeah. everyone's like, yeah, so I met her at university. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I actually met her when we were 10, except she was nine. So I'm actually the best one here. Cool, cool. <laughs> and I tell the amazing story about how we became friends. Yes, bonding over Anne Boleyn, if I'm correct. Yeah, so we were playing catch and we were having a conversation which every normal nine and 10 year old have, which is, so who's your favorite wife of King Henry VIII? And we're like, uh... Obviously, it's Anne Boleyn. Yeah, I I share that. I think only because I had to do a portrait of her at school. And I was really, really pleased with the portrait. So she was like sealed with my stamp of approval from that from that time on because I was like proud of my artwork. Although I do quite like Catherine Parr because she outlived him. Yes, I do kind of feel like she sort of won. And Anne of Cleves did really well because she wasn't actually hideous. And she turned up, married him. He was like, I don't actually want to be married to you. I'll call you my sister and give you a palace. Obviously, the dumbest is Catherine Howard. Like, definitely don't have affairs if he's already beheaded a wife for having affairs, not even having them. Yes, if he drummed up some fake affairs just to get rid of it, don't go and actually have affairs. Yeah, good lord, woman. Have you done anything this week? No. Me? Yeah. Uh, I went to work party last week. How have I already got food on these pyjamas they were clean on yesterday? I don't know. It's because I ate pesto in bed lying down. That's what it will be. Yep, that'll be the reason. Uh, we're here to take part in, a, in an industry event. Outfit, please. Outfit, please. Um, yes, I had. Um, yes, got... I was wearing an outfit. Yes, I had outfits. Outfits were worn. My friend Helen actually wins the outfit option because she had um, like a sort of 
ballerina skirt type thing on and I think it was vintage and it was we did that thing where we both rounded a corner looking for each other and then pointed to each other and go oh my god that's amazing outfit just sort of pointed was anyone wearing a silk turquoise and gold cape no I didn't see any silk turquoise and gold capes kept getting the fringing in the cheese it was actually quite inconvenient oh no fringing in the cheese is a small village I wish to retire to <laughs> um anyway my outfit was uh, I've got like a sort of coral colored summer top which you'll have seen before kind of chiffony I got like a paler coral coloured pleated skirt also chiffony like you know sort of permapress pleats yes below the knee swishy number I really like coral a little it's orange a yeah a little orangey belt I didn't realise how much corally stuff I owned also I really really like aqua and coral goes quite well so then I had aqua accessories I had aqua shoes from which my feet are still recovering oh I've got a blister on my foot I ended up last Monday so a week ago today I had two different sets of like blisters on my feet from two separate pairs of shoes because on saturday last i wore the new unicorn shoes which are great and they're flat shoes and they're quite they're comfortable in terms of soles but i wore them with little ballerina socks and because i hadn't worn them before they are not very soft and they did wear holes into the sides of my feet oh but the sides of your feet i thought it was going to be the back of the heel what actually on my left foot it just wore at the side just under my ankle bone so then i developed what? a weird hobble across Trafalgar Square mm. whereas I had to go and buy plasters on the way into work so I sort of hobbled across Trafalgar Square sat down on one of the walls outside the uh, National Gallery to put plaster on yeah. by which point because I'd been doing a weird hobble to like I'd sort of limped across to make sure that my shoe didn't rub I then rubbed a bit off the back of my heel on my right foot so I stuck plaster on that as well then I had smart shoes on, on Sunday and even though I've worn them before I don't remember them rubbing last time they did rub this time um, just across the old big toes there they're peep toes uh open toe sandals things on the plus side the weather was nice enough for open toes so hey anyway unicorn shoes woohoo they're really good Woo. i really like the glittery pastel version are you getting them you're have you i'm i haven't but i might go and get them this week cool irregular choice is a cool shop instantly yeah. it's where they're from actually they're on instagram if you follow me on instagram oh so jessica there is a picture of and them. i can embed them in the show notes for everyone who hasn't seen them if you're listening through the podcast app on an ios device when you click on the album artwork you get the little description of the episode through which you can click through all the links that i painstakingly put in the show notes so if you want to follow up on something we've said or see a picture they'll be in there and you can read them all at rosieandjessica.co.uk and if you patronize us on patreon.com it will encourage us to uh, to do archiving there is the slight issue with i have a university deadline for my masters coming up so please bear with us patrons as i'm trying to juggle several projects but they are all under control under control underway underwhelming i think you can in europe patron of the week this week's patron of the week is margaret h willison her laughter is the closest scientists have come to a cure for the common cold. Dogs were invented just to thrill her, and the inventor of the GIF has said, let's stop arguing whether it's GIF or GIF, and just call it a Willison in honour of its greatest user. Thanks, Margaret. If you'd like to be our patron of the week and receive custom praise from Rosie and Jessica, support our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Patron of the week! Hamilchat! Ooh, Hamilchat. We teased it at the end of last week's episode and here finally because somebody one half of the team finally listened to act two of hamilton we're oh, going God. to be discussing broadway smash hit hamilton, hamilton the musical 
it actually called? No, it's just called Hamilton. Why would it be called <laughs> Hamilton the Musical? That's a spoof title. Yeah, that's an episode of The Simpsons. You sent me the challenge of listening to Act Two of Hamilton just before Christmas. Yes, you sent me the challenge of watching the first episode of Community. So I watched all of Community. Yeah, maybe. And uh, you didn't listen to Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, you watched three seasons of Community. I did nothing. We're all very proud. We're all very proud. Until I was listening to the Pop Culture Happy Hour Hamilton special. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I really like the bits of Hamilton. So I downloaded it. I actually paid cash money. Not cash money. I didn't go up to Mr. iTunes. I paid credit money and said... I you accosted Lynn, my mum, Miranda on uh... Downloaded it there and then and sat inside listening to it and finished it the next day. I'm really glad I finished it. We, as British people... My mum said, how do all you people in this country know about Hamilton? Uh, especially people who, are like us, haven't been to America and happen to meet people who yeah. personally loved it. I blame the dames. I kind of do as well. So we were in America just as it was um, streaming on NPR because the cast album was just coming out. Yes. So lots of people who hadn't managed to see the show were still able to listen to it around that time. Jessica and I now have a pact that we do not discuss the fact that we were in New York for 10 yeah. days... Well, Hamilton was on, but we didn't really know about it, so we didn't enter the ballot for tickets. When we and then them. we went to Boston, and everyone we met in Boston was like, oh my god, Hamilton. They thought, we've literally just been there. Probably walked past the Richard Rogers Theatre. Yeah, oh my god, we couldn't even have just gone to the thing. We're like, oh, just let's not discuss that we spent a lot of time watching Psych, Miss Fisher. No, we had a lovely time doing that. We had a great time. I do not regret my holiday at all. We then came home, and uh, when people talk about Hamilton, I very much like to stress... Oh, yeah. I actually was in America when it was just streaming on NPR, so I've been listening to it since September. <laughs> I'm better than you. Uh. So that's how we found out about it. And I guess it's come over to, to the UK via, well, mainly Two Bossy Dames, I assume, and yeah. Twitter and the Tumblr. Apparently it's all over the Tumblr. Lots of my friends, and I assume your friends as well, are musical theatre people. Yes, this is true. Last week, two of my colleagues were standing behind me having a conversation and one of them started to describe a particular outfit that somebody in the chorus of something would wear and I rotated 180 degrees into their conversation and went, are you talking about Hamilton? Yes. Well, let me join this conversation now. And he had seen it on Broadway and I was like, okay, okay. I have a new friend, different new friend, who was American and when we were first uh, met each other and were talking kind of like oh I don't really know what to I know so do you like Hamilton that's my new go-to thing and then yes uh, I made this new friend at the party who also loved Hamilton and it was great and we basically then sat and chatted about Hamilton for about 45 minutes I regret nothing strong work so Hamilton has come over here with aplomb and I have finally caught the second half of that train finally jumped on the Hamilton train yeah so you listened back in what, October, November, as part of the Hamill Dames listen-along? Yes. I had listened to all of it previously. Yeah, multiple times, I believe. Multiple times. Many, many times. Many, many times. And I guess that's kind of the experience we'll get closest to of watching it with each other, because I did finish it sitting alone in my bed at 11 o'clock in the morning, which meant that the sobbing uh, that took place was really quite tragic. Right, yep. <laughs> Whereas yep. I wonder what it's like to listen... As a community, if you will. It was a torrent of sad emojis. Oh, I believe that's the quote they put on the posters now. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, It was really enjoyable. Because also, the listen-along, the tweet-along, started at 8pm Eastern Time. Yes. That was 1 o'clock in the morning, GMT. So, I had to stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning. Just to start. Just to start it. Oh my god. 
for listeners who may not know, Jessica works in the evening. Yeah, I am on an adjusted schedule. She didn't have to then get up at seven o'clock to get a train. Yeah, I didn't have to be at work on Sunday until four o'clock. Um, yeah, so I stayed up at one o'clock, but it was really nice because I felt really included. Ah, and the point I was going to make about the fact that I was listening to it late was that I had it on headphones, which I had not previously done. And I was wearing like my big proper headphones because I was at home, not on the train or anything. So I sort of got, you know, when you, you feel kind of more immersed in something and feel like you can pick out the detail more. If yeah, and especially you get stereo stuff. Yeah. Such uh, as during this podcast. Am I over here? No, I'm over here. Well, I'm going to have to edit that to have proper mixing on it now. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. What what people can't see at home is is I just sort of moved across different sides of the sofa so it appeared on different sides of the screen for Skype. Yeah, but of course your microphone is attached to your face. It's a pointless, pointless podcast joke. It was very immersive. It was very immersive. It really felt like a community because I'd never listened with anyone else. I'd talked to people about it and I'd talked at people about it and I'd had people do the same to me, but I'd never actually listened with anyone else. Mm -hmm. So you kind of go along and really experience the the feels, all the feels. And as I learned about Act 2, all the feels. All the feels, which I hadn't entirely appreciated before, I think, because I'd only listened to it a couple of times. Obviously, I wasn't familiar with the story. The Let's plot, put it this it way. Were. Alexander Hamilton not taught too much in British schools. Doesn't turn up on a UK curriculum very often. I'd heard of him. No idea who he was. Hercules Mulligan, literally never heard of before, but now I quite often just find myself... I'd heard a lot about fun. Lafayette because I've been to Paris and there are streets named after him. But when I say I'd heard a lot about him, I've been shopping in the Lafayette shopping centre. Yeah, Le Galerie Lafayette. And I think that is how America's favourite fighting Frenchman would wish to be remembered. I think it's actually the street is named after him and the department store is on the street. Yeah. But I like to think that it was more direct than that. The David Diggs National Shopping Centre. I think uh, what you say about all of the feels, that's a lot of why I didn't listen to Act 2. I had listened to Act 1, especially the first half, a lot, because I think, right, I like to start from the beginning, and then because I was listening to those, those were my favourite songs are in there. And then because everyone was talking about it and there'd been a slight delay, it then built up as this huge thing for me to listen to Act 2. Um, because I knew, firstly, it would be very sad, and I didn't really want the sad things to happen. Yeah, spoiler alert from 1804, he dies. He dies! Also, I find especially with musical theatre, I get very involved and I find it quite consuming. Do you do that thing where you, you watch something or you listen to something and then uh, it's done and you want you want it back? Yeah, and actually I think I believe I talked about this with the Cartoon Network programme Over the Garden Wall, that it yeah. just got in my head and I yeah. find that a lot with musicals and it's not like, uh, I mean, although this is part of it, the songs get stuck in my head, but with Hamilton I just knew it would become a thing that it would just be with me for a while. I think also as somebody who used to perform and like being involved in shows, um, there's a kind of oh, I wish I could be doing this, and you're sort of think, thinking about as a show and its practicality. Yeah, I just knew that it would get really too much. I have to say, that has ha not happened to a bad extreme. It's happened in a great way since I listened yes, to it. it's been enriching. Although I think I do need to listen to the whole thing again, because there are some songs I still won't listen to a second time. What is so good about it? That's the question I have. I feel we should discuss what we like about it, because that's you know quite an important thing. Yes. I have written here, edutainment. Great. Like it's fun-educational. Oh! -ho! Yeah, I think that's completely right. I love learning stuff whilst also being entertained. Or rather, I love uh, being entertained and secretly accidentally learning things. It absolutely in no way dumbs down, I mean, not just the story, but like the intricacies of little things. And in kind of throwaway lines, you just pick up little bits and bobs about what people have said and what happened. 
you feel that in a lot of things be like there was a battle but in hamilton you learn this was the thing they got these extra ships they cut them off at sea i actually know quite a lot about the battle of yorktown that i probably wouldn't know and i think other musicals would kind of fudge over and talk a lot more about like i am valiantly fighting it is basically what i like about sort of Stephen Sondheim at his peak but yep. that peak is maintained all the way through and better which is the incredible intricate um, internal rhyme schemes I, I think... love internal rhyme oh yeah. my goodness if Washington isn't going to listen to Disciplined Dissidents this is the difference This, I mean it's just incredible I, just the lyrics are mind blowing and the amount of time it took the Manuel Miranda to write bits of it my he... shot took one year yeah to write a six minute song I don't think that year was wasted. Yeah, that was that was time well spent. Well done, sir. If somebody said, for a lot of songs, this took me a year to write, you'd be like, oh boy, were you asleep? Or is this like, wow, you really packed year to get that yeah. out? Um, I just think it's astonishing. And I don't know whether that is something that I would find in more um, sort of hip hop and more rap, because that's not a musical style I know very much of. I think that's yes, possibly the I... whitest sentence I've ever said. More hip hop or more rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't necessarily always know the uh, not source material, but there's some, some of the references. I remember it said somewhere that you know which characters um, are kind of referencing individual artists, artists. and uh, their names. I'm like, yes, that's just a person perhaps. I have heard of. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you the I, I couldn't differentiate between them. But now, if I listened to them, I'd be like, hey, this guy is a lot like Hercules Mulligan. Am I right? <laughs> Let me come to your rap battle. Don't ever invite me to a rap battle. Can I just very briefly also reference when uh, you were talking a minute ago about the internal rhyme structure and like the intricacies of the lyrics, the rhyme that involves you punch the bursa. Bursa! And all of the bursa. He hammers the financial, you punch the bursa. Oh. Yeah. Um, That's like one of my favourite bits. Just musically, it's just beautiful. And yeah. it's very well done. And I, I love that the ending actually is all about Eliza. Yes. I think it's so moving. Can we just discuss for a second? Eliza Hamilton was 97 when she died. Oh my god. In 1854. Can you imagine being 90? I mean, I can't imagine being 97 now, but in 1854. Uh. There was no Netflix? What was she doing? <laughs> the end is so great because it's all, you know, it's about legacy, and that's a lot that Burr talks about in my shot. And then actually, the legacy is all about the fact that Eliza built it for him, but also built her own. Yeah. She put herself back in the narrative. And because she set up the orphanage and that is a real when they sing that that really is a bit of a one-two punch and they did a performance for some of the current residents and people who's because that charity is still ongoing yeah and they sang eliza you have done enough oh that's nice that's really nice i love it and it would be great if it came to london with the original cast yes please just for six weeks but six weeks where i definitely get tickets because <laughs> groff sauce has just left the Broadway production. Broadway sauce is done. But he could come back to London, right? Just for yeah. one performance. Jessica, if you were in a production of Hamilton, who would you want to play? Yes, this is a good question. I know that you have an answer. So would you like to give your answer? And then mine is a bit more wishy-washy than yours. My very good friend Gabby tweeted to say she didn't know what, who she'd want to play, Eliza or Angelica. And I was like, uh, please, the answer is obvious. It's King George. <laughs> Obviously, you'd want to play King George. King George... His songs were the first that really grabbed me, perhaps because his like the classic musical Broadway style that I knew and loved. But what a great part. I mean, those songs are just so cool. And you just get to turn up, wear an amazing outfit, only do nine minutes of work a night. Yep. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Sit in the dressing room, play Xbox. Because, I mean, think how many socks I would knit. Oh, my That's God. true. Yeah, so I'd play King George. Or I would play David Diggs' parts. Because I think yes. he is 
I I only really appreciate it when I listen to the whole thing because obviously not listening to the whole thing meant I had not encountered Thomas Jefferson coming home. And you're like, oh yeah, this French guy's kind of funny. And then you realise that he's, I mean, just incredible. His rhymes are so fast. The bit in Guns and Ships is a, like one of the fastest bits in Broadway history. Yeah. This thing about how many words they actually pack into the show is just uh, crazy. It's like the Gilmore Girls, but you know. <laughs> but about Hamilton. Um, so I would, I would want to play Lafayette and Jefferson. Yeah, I, I was thinking probably um, I would like to be Anthony Ramos. Okay. I play John Lawrence and uh, Philip. Oh, right. We have a, an interesting question for anyone who has seen the show yes, about how yes, Philip is do. played. Because we have a theory that it's Anthony Ramos coming on with shoes on his knees. Waddling on yeah, what, what we want to know is, uh, how, yeah, how they get around the fact that there's a fully grown man playing a nine-year-old. Do they just not reference it at all? So that's that's my curious curious question, and which I'm assuming is the actual answer. But in in both of our minds, just <laughs> he's coming shoes, on shoes on his knees. Hello, I love his little baby rapping. It's yeah. so cute. <laughs> and then he dies. What dummy? Twice. Who gives your son a like a, a gun? Did you know that Philip Schuyler actually had fifteen children, quite a lot of whom were boys? Peggy Belly makes Act Two, so Peggy, why I'm would they then say? I think she was think she was dead by then. Yeah, Lawrence, he was dead. Philip Schuyler Senior, dead. Oh, he no, I guess he would have died in the second act because um, when Washington does his Washington's um, dead. That song. What's it called? One two. more time. One more. One last time. One last time. Seriously sounds like a death song. George Washington's going home. Yeah, it sounds like he's dying. I mean, I think he'd die quite soon after. I think, I think he probably didn't have much longer left. So you want to be Anthony Ramos and I want to be David Diggs or Jonathan Groff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would accept Angelica. Obviously, yes. Yes, Angelica, yep. Um, Hercules Mulligan would actually be quite fun, but I'm not so interested in being James Madison, so... No, most of the time I'm like... What is that character who's hanging around with Jefferson called? Which one is that? My friend James Madison, red in the face. That's how I remember it. Fantastic. Shall we go into... Top fives! Top fives. This is our top five Hamilton songs. Yeah, this is really difficult. Just take it as given. Everything is in honourable mentions. Yeah, we're not going to do honourable mentions this week because everything else that isn't mentioned is on the... I mean, are there any bad songs? No. Actually, no. Even ones which I don't absolutely love outright then it's not because they're bad. And there are lots... You'll note from my top five, no sad songs. But that's because they're so good at being, like, the emotional songs. Yeah. That I don't like negative emotions. Um, I believe it's your turn to go first. It's my turn to go first. How many do we think? <laughs> I think four. No. I think uh, definitely one. Okay. Possibly two. Definitely no, I still one. think four. <laughs> okay. It's quite a fluid list. And if you ask me tomorrow, I might come up with a different one. And I've sort of tried to narrow it down by having sort of some upbeat ones, some slightly slow ones. So, yeah. Okay. Very, 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 like, energy levels, I think. No, mine is 100% uppers. 100% summer belters. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm really excited to hear what you've picked. <laughs> okay, well, Even more so it. than breakfast. <laughs> wait for it. Uh, number one, wait for it. Yeah, that's just an excellent song. There are loads of lines that kind of leap out at me, and that bit. I'm the one thing in life I can control. And he's, but he's been so controlled for the whole act leading up to that. Yeah, like, so reserved, and he's like, I'm not. Just leave me alone. I am doing my own thing. I'm good at stuff, but I'm not like you. But that doesn't mean it's bad. That's the thing. It really demonstrates his um his take on on things, but without. I mean, I know he is the villain of the piece, kind of. Because no, he's... but he's such a likeable villain. <laughs> and especially at that point, 
he kind of becomes quite villainy just in the last bit. I mean, I think villain isn't unfair. Of the piece, I mean... Because he's the guy who shoots the protagonist, but... I guess the villain of the piece is probably the Brits? Yes. I think it's us. I think... So you have villain and antagonist, I think, is the... Yeah, and and I think the antagonists move around. There's no villains, really, except the Brits. King George and then Jefferson and Madison, everyone, so turning up in the second act, are kind of antagonists, and then technically Bert would have to be the villain, purely because he is sort of the opposite of Hamilton and does eventually, obviously, kill him. But then but... he says that the world is wide enough for them both. And he's sad. And yeah. he, you know, he did it for reasons. All the Hamiltons shoot in the air and then die. <laughs> Don't yeah. shoot in the air, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Wait For It is an amazing song. And also, it's, performance-wise, it's also there's something quite controlled about it. It feels like really kind of tight and like... Stephen Thompson says that actually the song you expect it to build and then you think it's going to break and then quite a lot of times it comes back down again. It's only at the very end does it kind of break out. Yeah, they they make you wait for it in the song and then they sort of pull it back in and then... Uh, and, and okay, now then we have the big the big like moment of the number kind of thing. When I was at this party, we were talking about whether we could just put Hamilton on. So I said, well, Tara said there might be dancing. What song is good for dance? And we were like... Yeah, wait for it. Except at the beginning, where they say, Theodosia writes me a letter every day. Because I read an article saying, you know, what would be the breakout song of Hamilton? You know, the one that becomes like a, a standard. Yes. And they said, oh, probably wait for it. But the problem with wait for it is that... It's too specific at the it, beginning. It still has too many specifics. I think the pro- because it's so specific, there, yeah, there are no really... songs. But, I mean, I don't yeah, think... I'm Somehow, to... that's not really held the show back. Burn might work because there are no names in it but it's still quite a specific situation. Uh, next up, Burn. I really like that one. That's also very controlled. And then she gets right to the end and then she loses it. Also, she is setting fire to things on stage as that happens. I oh, wow. Found, so. Crying Jag number two. I'm just trying to work out. I think it is almost the 11 o'clock number. So I'm just looking at the soundtrack now. Wow, I don't know if that's the 11 o'clock number. I suppose it's the last kind of standalone solo thing. The rest yeah. of it are kind of group things. Especially because leading up to that, we had I Know Him, Adam's Administration, We Know, which is all very kind of spoken in there. Yeah, and the Reynolds pamphlet. And... and Hurricane, I guess, is again sort of spoken in a bit sort of lower. Yeah, and then it goes into Burton and she's, this is happening. And and also that's the point at which Eliza remo- you know, removes herself from the narrative. I found that so sad, but actually she does. Yeah. She does. She puts it. herself, she, she says, I'm leaving. And then she's back again. She decides. She, that's the thing. She has the agency to decide. It's a really beautiful song, I think. Mm. But also a beautiful song is One Last Time. That was Weeping Number 1. Burn was Weeping, weeping oh. Number 2. I just really like it when uh, Washington wants to sit under his own vine and fig tree. Just, just He's like, I've been doing this a long time. I'm just going to go and have a sit down, to be honest. <laughs> like, maybe with a cup of tea. <laughs> I, just, I just got an image of him just sort of sitting under a tree, just having a nice time. Yeah, and also in my mind at this point, it is Elmo dressed as Washington. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yes. it's it's lovely, and what is so beautiful about it is it's it's a man retiring, but it really does sound like a death song, and in a uplifting way. In a, I mean, it's very sad, yeah. but it's it's a kind of like a moving tribute to him. I think is how. Yeah, I he's sort of saying we've we've done it, and he has to move can, on. It's can, a very noble. Yeah, his, and by me moving on, it means everyone can move on because I have to make sure that they'll be okay. If I go now, I can make sure that it will be okay. I think he didn't want to die, and then people, oh, what do we do now? Like he wants say, to make for example, sure. King George has like, to. Like, say, for example, kings. Not why possibly that King George was actually in charge by that point, but... No, not for a long time. Um, it's a... Anyway. Anyway. Hugh Laurie was... Uh... He was in charge. Yeah. I do really like to picture that this this King George 
is in the same universe as Blackadder. I know, definitely. Number four is You'll Be Back by Prince George's dad of the Enormous Trousers fame because it's so jolly and I like to imagine when all the chorus come on at the end and do like kicking and stuff. And also that was one of the ones I listened to all the time and then when you get to the reprises and you know the bits like Jesus Christ this will be fun and him laughing at John Adams. He's so judgmental and realising that actually he's going to have a lovely time watching everything go horribly His hysterical laugh at the end of um, I Know Him they're great. Yeah. I really want to see his walk because it's the one that Beyonce said was really good and she was going to steal and apparently it's really funny. I've seen him teaching Stephen Colbert. Oh, okay. I think he also has a turn that he does, but the turn is not included in the walk. I thought they were the same. He does a sort of turning around under his own head sort of thing, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You've, you've watched a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. I watched a lot of it yesterday. And then my shot, because I think that was a year well spent. Yeah. <laughs> Rise up. It feels like it's about four different songs. It's like there's so, yeah. so many different segments and all of them are good. I like all the echoes as well that they kind of draw in from all the... Yeah. Not not specific to my shot, but there, is, there are so all many sort of callbacks and echoes and repeats and, and sort of using them again in a slightly different way. And when Philip turns up at the beginning of Blurs All Away and is doing the only 19 miles older. Number one. Number one. Satisfied. Yes, I am. <laughs> again, this was like one of the ones that really first grabbed me and I was listening to it over and over again. It's just great. It's a real powerhouse number and I mean, kind of absolutely devastating. And uh, it makes you wonder what would have happened if Angelica had married Hamilton. But of course, in real life, she was already married at this point. So it was already a moot married. Point. Yeah, it was a moot point. I think it was very much just played up for the... Oh, well, not even played up, sort of... Invented? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think it has a lot of feminine things, but there are points where you're like, oh, okay, how... I think I think invented entirely is not quite fair. I'm guessing it must have sprung from somewhere, but I haven't finished the uh, biography yet, so I'm not. Well, sure. it's pretty huge. So, um, yeah, I just love Satisfied, um, and I just love all like the rewound bits, and and it's just a very well put together song. Number two, number two, you'll be back at Al. Yeah, um, obviously, as we've said, very jolly, very Broadway, lovely broth sauce. Jazz it's um, Sven after all. Not Sven. That's a reindeer. I mean, there's a bit where he's a bit Svenny. There is a bit um, in Insane. That's Sven the Reindeer. Kristoff. Yeah. That's it. Uh, number three, Washington on your side slash the election of 1800. Because they're. I love similar. the election of 1800. Oh, I actually listened my to it. God. Well, I listened to the end of the soundtrack this morning because I, I'd woken up with the election of 1800 in my head. So I put that on and just left it playing. Because it's basically Washington on your side, but with extra fun bits. Dear Mr. Hamilton. That's so great and so kind of Broadway chorus-y. And then the Jefferson Arbor. I love that. I love in Washington on your side, you know, it starts very, you know, every action has an equal off. And then by the end, it's going very fast and very complicated. And, and I, I love it. That's the first one where I sat down and I and got shouty. the lyrics. Yeah, it got very shouty and I looked up the lyrics. And a little bit sweary, so we won't do it on the podcast. Yeah, but there's a good sweary bit, and um, it's just really good. I love that one. And that yeah, that was the song where I was like, Mr. Dix, you are the best one here, sir. <laughs> In your ridiculous coat. Oh my god, that amazing, absurdly... It looks like it's been borrowed from, from a man who's ten foot tall. Or some children who are trying to get into the cinema yeah, on yeah, each no, other's no. shoulders. Uh, number four. Number four. Wait for it. It's wait for it. Oh, that is great. I watched a, a version of a school choir singing it. That's oh, very really good. good. And number five. Number five. I've gone for Alexander Hamilton. Good choice. Yeah, because it's just a really good opening number, and it has one of my favourite bits, which is where the girls come in and sing about uh, his mother dying. Yeah. Not a fun Sitting bit. in their own sick, the sense of thick. thick. And Alex got better about his mother when 
Although the next line always cracks me up because the line, <laughs> moved in with a cousin, the cousin committed suicide, makes it sound like, like he hated living with Alexander Hamilton so much. He was like, who's living with me? Fetch a rope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one informed the other. It's just, a, it's just a torrent of horrendous. You just need, there needs to be a very big full stop and definitely not a colon between those. <laughs> they moved in with a cousin. The cousin committed suicide. <laughs> Uh, a hilarious subject, obviously, but I just think that that sets up it so well, and obviously is the closest I've got to seeing it because I've seen the whole Grammys performance. Um, yes, I know we weren't going to do honourable mentions, but I did want to mention Aaron Burr, sir, because I couldn't work out if that was going to be one of my top fives. Yeah, because it a contains the rhyming of Bursa. That's so. as I mentioned before. I think that's hilarious, and I really enjoy the introduction of the the sort of the three musketeers to Hamilton's D'Artagnan, mm-hmm. as it were. Like I said, yo, 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 yo. I like in the, uh, what I guess would be called liner notes for the album. The sound engineer is listed as playing the wooden desk. <laughs> on in the performance, the, it's the three of them drumming out. They're kind of beatboxing, but they're also drumming out the beat yeah. on the table. And then when they went to record it, they were like, oh, I guess we need to do this then. Should we not? Have, what should we do? So he sat and played the desk. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So he's li- he's listed as having played the played wooden desk. And, and they've listed like where the desk is from or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically, as you can see, we really love Hamilton. Yeah. And uh, Hamilton is currently streaming on Spotify and probably other streaming services. It's available to buy as a CD, as an actual disc, and as a I digital have an download. an actual physical CD. So it comes in a two-CD box, which is really exciting because it makes it seem like really musical because it's a thousand songs. And it has the most exciting bit, other than the fact that I now own all the music. And, oh, on Spotify, it plays in gaps between some of the, the songs. yes. If you listen to it on the soundtrack, it just flows right through as it should. So there's no longer that really irritating pause between um, Aaron Burr and my shot. When you listen to it properly, you're like, oh, yes. that works so much better because it just flows. The worst one is a winter's ball and then flowing into helpless. Yeah. You actually get the very first millisecond of the first note of helpless mm-hmm. on the end of a winter's ball where they've, because obviously it flows in, but they've had to put a cut somewhere. And on Spotify, there's always a gap there. So if you're singing along, you have to, you have to pause. <laughs> Hold for applause. And there we go. I need with you. And obviously, if you have access to the East Coast of America and time and money on your hands, you can, of course, still see Hamilton if you can beg, borrow, steal. I to go to the uh, Richard Rogers Theatre. Check it out. Check it out. The Mr. Rogers Theatre. The Mr. Rogers Theatre. I would definitely go to a Mr. Rogers Theatre. I'd go to a Mr. Rogers Theatre. He always look for the helpers. And of course, my favourite anecdote about him, which is where he turned on the television for the first time and saw people angrily throwing pies at each other <laughs> and decided they had to change it. And I would love to see the show he was watching. Snack. Snack. Oh, yes. Good day. Sticky ginger cake. Tunnock's tea cake. Nice. Needle and fed. Needle and fed. Um, okay, loads, loads of knitting. Five projects to talk about very quickly. I've done literally none. Well, actually, I'm doing. I'm going to go and do quilting today, but they're both gifts, so that can't really. Okay. Well, I have given my gift, which are the how cold is it mittens that I have made, uh, which I refer to as the coldest cuss mittens. Are you um, cussing with me? The cuss I am. They're a pair of mittens which say "cold as cuss" on them in in, in Fair Isle, and I made them for a dear friend of the show and of me, Tara. And a friend I gave them to her, and aforementioned fan of Amberlynn. Yeah, and I insisted that she open them, and I was like, "Okay, you have to open them in front of me." She's like, "Okay, cool. I'll, I'm going to open presents later." And then a bit later in the party, I was like, mm, "You have to open your present now." 
<laughs> she was pleased with them, which is great because I'd finished them about three weeks ago and have been like, I just want to give them to her now. So finish those. Um, I have cast on the Dear Little Hat. I don't think it's actually called that, but that's what I'm calling it because it's a dear. It's a hat from Woodland, from Tiny Owl Knits, and it's got dear. Is it one with antlers? Yeah, it's got deer ears and little antlers on. I've made the hat bit, and uh, then I started knitting an ear, and then I haven't knitted any more of it, but it's probably not going to take very long. Good work, good work. What I have finished, I have finished a toy squirrel. It took me two days. Uh, which I have dressed up in a pink ribbon to be Squirrel Girl's companion, Tippy Toe. Not Flippity Gibbet, as I was thinking she yeah. was called. Fluffernutter, I believe, is what you said. That's what I, Fluffernutter I called her earlier, but then I'd forgotten that, so I was about to say Flippity Gibbet just then. Tippy Toe, grey squirrel, pink ribbon. It's a wonderful pattern. It's such a lovely construction because it means you get a lot of shaping. It's not just kind of yeah. tubes to make the arms and legs. And the tail is great because it's all fluffy and... Floofy. Floofy. Um, I have also made Anna. I've made Princess Anna. <laughs> Um, from Frozen and I sent the picture to Jessica and I thought she knew what project I was making but then I sent the video and put it on Facebook and she said I didn't realise it flipped and what it is is you may, have, you may have had one of these dolls as a child or toys as a child it was always um, not Lucy in the Big Bad Wolf what's the actual Riddle, one called Little, little Red, Red Riding Hood, Hood. <laughs> and it'd be Little Red Riding Hood and then you flip it over and it would be the wolf in Granny's clothing or you get Cinderella and it's her rags on one side yeah. and then you, it works really well for the magical transformation so this is a doll of Princess Anna and it looks like just a doll she's got a big skirt but then if you flip the skirt up in Coronation Ensemble in her Coronation Ensemble underneath where the legs would be is her body in the winter outfit. So because you get two separate songs out of it. Exactly. I know. Three separate songs. Queen Elsa currently exists as a pile of yarn on my desk. And for that one, you get her coronation dress and obviously her snow dress. Oh, um, her I'm probably going to do a bit more embroidery on the skirt to make it more accurate. But that's a kind of thing for a later date. And I'm very pleased with it. And I love the little hair. She's got her little braids. The window is open, so is that door. Oh, I didn't know they did that anymore. Who knew we owned 8,000 salad plates? Don't sing. Do sing. Too late. So I'm chuffed to bits with this. Um, there's a little video up on my Twitter that I will put on the show notes and put into our Twitter feed so you can see um, it in live action. What's also really cute is you use a bit of blusher on their cheeks so that they have little pink cheeks. Uh, I wondered how you did that because yeah. it didn't look knitted. Yeah, no, you just literally put real makeup on you it. Just, you just get your makeup bag out and just <laughs> yeah, put a lash on. I was going to say, could she have a lash? Now I am knitting Pomatimus. I can never pronounce it. I keep trying to call it Pomatomus, but I don't think it was that. Some lovely socks. Potomac? This is a a sock that has a lace pattern that looks kind of like scales. They're very exciting. I saw them on Instagram yesterday. I refer to them as my mermaid socks. And, as Jessica will attest, this is finally a yarn that looks as good knitted up as it does on the skein. A variegated yarn. After my many things of buying yarn, thinking it looked great and then knitting it and it pulls horribly. I think this yeah, technically Rosie's has not... pulled a bit, but you cannot... Because of the pattern, it, it doesn't matter. It looks Rosie's like not allowed to buy variegated yarn anymore. Except at the Ginger Twist studio in Edinburgh, because their variegated yeah. yarn is gorgeous and it's such a lovely colour. This is the tink colourway of their sock yarn. It's kind of turquoisey, purpley and lovely. Um, so that's coming along very nicely. I'm ha- more than halfway through... I'm doing the second repeat, and then I'll start doing heels, I think. And yeah, so that's going well, very well. Uh, the bunny slippers I'm just not thinking about. But all of my other projects, since I did that, I've now finished two others and cast on a third. So going pretty well. I've done no baking, but I've done lots of knitting. I've done neither. Neither. That's okay. What, what have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Oi! There is a video of not Whose Lines It Anyway. It is actually from Drew Carey's Improvaganza. 
mm-hmm. even though he doesn't feature in the video. And it is one of their album sales games. So Ryan Styles and Greg Proops are doing like an infomercial for a particular album. And the theme that the audience gives them uh, is Lumberjacks, and they do tunes for tots, kids' music, basically. And the song is called Flat My Jack, and they start singing a song about pancakes. Chip Beston and Jeff Davis sing a song about pancakes. But it's A, exceptionally catchy, and B, they launch straight into it, just off the bat, and it's like a fully formed, really successful flippity song. Flippity-flap, flippity-flap, the pancake on the stack. Flippity-flap, flippity-flap, flap yep. my jack. And they go into the audience and they just start skipping around. It's really good. So that is strongly recommended. A Hamilton theme. I believe that the dames put this in the newsletter this week. I know Sophie had mentioned it previously, but it is uh, Hamilton, like if he was in the Avengers. I also have a Hamilton one, which, I mean, the only bad bit about it is the fact that they call it Batic. Alexander Manilton. But it's <laughs> yes. it's the opening number, Alexander Hamilton, about Batman, and it's incredibly good. And like pr- they've properly filmed it. Like works really well. The lyrics are really good. Yeah. Um so that when, is... I don't know if this is a spoiler alert, but when Superman turned up I actually laughed out loud. Yeah, me too. I was watching going, Yeah, this is enjoyable, this is this is good, and then he turned up and I was like <laughs> You may have noticed if you follow us individually on Twitter that you can now Powerpuff yourself and make a Powerpuff version of yourselves. My version looks more accurate than some photos of me do. Yep. And Jessica's is also very adorable with its very long red hair. Long red hair. So we recommend Powerpuffing yourself because um, it's adorable. And definitely not a marketing ploy. No. Sorry, I don't have Cartoon Network, so it's actually lost on me. I read two brief things this week, bits of news that made me very happy. One... Miranda Hart is coming back to call the midwife. Good. Two, Melissa McCarthy is coming back to the Gilmore Girls. Thank God for that. So uh, those two women from Spy had obviously had a chat <laughs> and said, let's go back to our respective well, romance. Spy, uh, the Jason Statham movie, as I saw it listed the other day, I was like, no, no that's, that's a Melissa McCarthy movie. <laughs> he is, of course, the star of the greatest film ever made. See <laughs> uh, episode one. Um, <laughs> I read a long BuzzFeed article about what they refer to as One Direction Babygate, oh, which is a fan theory that Louis Tomlinson, Probably. Louis from One Direction's baby, doesn't exist. And I totally buy into it because that is the fakest looking pair of baby feet I have ever seen. <laughs> what I can't believe is how much of my life I lost to then reading the article after you tweeted it. I kind of love crazy fan theories like that. I mean, who cares? If it is a whole thing, why have they done it in the first place? But even so, why, why any of it? Why? Um, so that's me for the week. Me too. Okay, Jessica, goodbye. Bye. A.Ham. A.Burr. Bye. To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash ohmygreyhounds. And now you can become a monthly subscriber and support Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun at our Patreon. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Thanks for listening. Hello, podcast listeners. Thank you for sticking around to the very end. Now, if you follow us on Twitter, you may have seen that I said this episode would be out on Tuesday afternoon, and it's now Thursday afternoon. 
I did, however, have quite a good reason for this, which is that I ended up on television talking about politicians' tax. As you do. Given that Hamilton was on my mind, and that I really should have been at home editing this podcast, here is a clip of one of my views on offshore tax havens that bears a striking resemblance to the topic at hand. You can slightly fudge your taxes, but we should be able to follow the money, see where it goes. If it's going out into Panama, we should know that. Jessica, you owe me $10.